Bad Family, a podcast about black sheep, bad kids, bad family. Let's get started. Hey, Lauren. Hello. How's it going? I'm good. I just got on my couch. Perfect. The perfect, cozy place to podcast. Mm, I'm feeling delicious. (laughs) And nutritious. Hey, Lincoln. Hey, Lindsay. Hello. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you good. Lindsay, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I can hear everybody. Perfect. Well, for our podcast audience, which I'm very proud to announce is 35 people. We have 35 friends. We've done it. (laughs) Between us, we have 35. 35. 35. <laughs> I thought I thought you said it was going to be just for the audience was us in five years. Yeah, that's pretty that's much we... what I felt like it was going to be. But I think we got some pity listens from our friends. And thank you to all the pity listeners out there. We will oh, take oh, yeah. your pity. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. We don't care. Well, to get started, um, just as a recap, I'm Courtney, child number four of eight, um, librarian from New York. Last episode, our first episode ever, I'm here with my brother Lincoln from San Francisco, our youngest sibling. Lincoln said he worked in ed tech. You also, what's another fact about you, Lincoln? Um... That is a good question. I like playing chess online. Oh, yeah. You're very good at chess. And then Lindsay, who lives in L.A., copy editor. She's the youngest girl. Copywriter. Copywriter? What's the difference between being a copywriter and a copy editor? Copy editors edit. (laughs) And I I write the content. Hmm. I mean, I guess I do some copy editing, too. But my title is copywriter. This is boring. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. (laughs) No, that's fine. You know what? I think our sister Sarah, who is sibling number two, actually is a copy editor. Yeah, we've got all sides covered. Really? That sounds right. Yeah, I think she copy edits for a real estate company. Mm. Um, Anyway, Lindsay's number seven. Lincoln, you're number eight. Uh And then we're very pleased this episode to be talking to our sister Lauren who's number six that's me Lauren do you want to introduce yourself yes my name is Lauren I am 31 year old uh female she her (laughs) (laughs) I have a husband William I have two daughters one is two and a half and the other is six months. And um, that's the basics. But I love uh, it. You have the sweetest, yeah. sweetest girls we've ever they're seen. They're um, pretty cute. Also, William is a healthcare worker, frontline worker. So very grateful for everything he's doing and everyone else making that sacrifice thank you yeah he's there right now thank you Um, uncle willie thank you uncle william good old uncle bill (laughs) doing what doing what he needs to do yeah he's uh he had to intubate somebody last night and it went well and he was relieved so little micro anecdote (coughs) No, that sounds good. I think I would be terrified to death. Yeah, uh, he gets pretty anxious before he has to go in, but he manages it pretty well. He's good people. He truly is. Well, to get started, one thing that um, our friends told us as they were listening, pity listening to our new podcast, was that it's very difficult to tell us apart because we have very similar voices. So, to solve this, I thought we would just have Lindsay speak in an English accent from this <laughs> <laughs> But that's not, 
Just kidding. <laughs> Just I that's bollocks. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, just, I mean, really, we can't solve that. Our voices are just our voices. But Maybe thought... if we all made, like, a signature noise before we said it. Yeah, like a Peter and the Wolf kind yeah. of. <laughs> like a honk, honk, and then, on, and then proceed with your comment. <laughs> no, I'm not going to bother. I thought maybe it would help to, for everyone to just have their number. You know, they don't have to remember our names. They can just know our number. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, but seriously, I thought maybe what it would be helpful to do just to have people, you know, better understand us as individuals is that we could start each episode with a tell us apart segment where we answer one question so our friends can get to know us better. Okay. So today's question is more of it's more of a statement, but why don't we go around one by one and have everyone describe your morning routine? Ooh. <coughs> okay. Who's gonna start? I guess I can go first. Um, my morning routine is I get up and I get out of bed and I put on we don't have a tea kettle, but I put on this tiny pot of water to boil so I can either make tea or coffee, and then I feed our cats. Um, and sometimes I'll listen to a podcast when I'm doing this, like I'll start listening to the indicator or the daily, or, um, I listen to the economist podcast, the intelligence while I'm just like feeding the cats and waking up. And then before I start to work, I will get dressed and I do a 10 or 15 minute meditation on the headspace app. And then I feel like when all of that is done then I start to work. I used to do Headspace too. That's that's a good one. Same. Good There's on not you. enough mindfulness in my day. Yeah. I like I like the way his voice sounds. Oh my gosh, she's so sexy. I'm like, ooh, this, this is making me invigorated to start the day. We'll start at your base and moving through your body scan. <laughs> I'm feeling something distinct. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. No, sorry. That's a nice... What, is that the end of your... And then you start working? Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, that's pretty much my morning. Then I start working. And if I'm not working, if it's the weekend, it's still that same routine. I just, instead of working, I do whatever I'm going to do on my weekend. I don't eat breakfast. I guess that was clear since I didn't mention that. How come you don't eat breakfast? I'm just not hungry in the morning. I'm very hungry by lunchtime, but like I never just want to eat anything in the morning. You don't have a little snack? Mm-mm. Just coffee or tea or um, water. <laughs> I used to be like that, but now I uh, I used to not really be hungry till like 11, but... Now I got to get that grip. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I'm like craving something, I think I told Lindsay and Lincoln I was eating like cinnamon and sugar toast. Oh, yeah. For a while. It was just so comforting. That sounds really good. Sugar toast. <laughs> but we ran out of bread, so no more toast. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah, I always think that it's more of a snack, but... But it's toast. Toast is clearly puts it in the breakfast realm. Yeah. What about your mornings? Um, um I can go. Yeah. I have trouble getting up in the morning, so I'll typically get up between, or at least I'll wake up between eight and nine, and then I will like pull out my phone and read through some NPR articles or go through work messages, and then I'll physically get up. Um, do my little morning uh, bathroom routine, brush my teeth, and then start a part of uh, start a pot of coffee. Um, and typically makes like some eggs and toast, and then get to work. Nice, interesting. Y'all are all consuming news pretty immediately. I guess that's. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Not in the morning. 
Um, well, it's a little different now in isolation. Uh, I will wake up like an hour to a half hour before I have to start working. And then I just go take a shower or brush my teeth, you know, whatever morning routine bathroom stuff needs to be done. And then I come get dressed and I just start working pretty much. I eat like, now that we're working at home, I will start working. And then at like 10 or 1030, I'll like walk over to the kitchen and grab something. But I don't really drink tea or coffee in the morning. Well, mom and dad will be delighted. Well, I was doing that when I worked in the office. I would drink it all the time. But we don't have, we have like some herbal tea there you go. in the house. I'll drink that sometimes. I'm definitely at the point where I drink coffee coffee every morning, though. Yeah, I, I, uh, I usually, well, I'll, I'll say I drink it pretty often. Almost every morning. I didn't know you guys drank coffee. I assumed William did just being in the ER. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, um, he's gotten really into the brew. He roasts his own beans over here. Whoa. Yeah. He has a heat gun that he roasts the beans with. He has a heat gun? (laughs) (laughs) He does. It sounds silly, but they're delicious. It makes really good coffee. That's tight. That sounds yummy. I'll have to come visit you. Oh, yeah. Come on down. We'll treat you. We've actually been making ourselves this little dessert called uh, affogato. And uh, it's very fancy. I know what that is because I'm fancy. It's espresso poured over your ice cream. Exactly. So, yeah, Timmy. Um, Yeah, my morning routine has changed obviously quite a bit since I... I've had children. It used to be much more uh, chill. Um, But now, depending on whether one of them wakes up crying or pleasant, I usually give myself a little bit more time if they're pleasant. But I usually just wake up with them. I have a hard time getting myself to get up before them to have time for myself. Because the only thing I can think that I really want for myself is just more sleep. So... Are they sleeping um, pretty well right now? Um, they're sleeping okay. We are actually sleep training Lucy right now. So the last couple of nights have been kind of rough. Yeah. Because supposedly they're supposed to be able to sleep through the night now, but I she's been wake she before the last couple of nights she was waking up like every two to three hours or whatever still. So um yeah. But I think I just uh needed to be giving her more naps. One phenomenon with babies is that when they get overtired, they actually sleep worse, which is ironic and and dumb. So, Um, but yeah, we're resolving it. She's doing better. So yeah, anyway, I wake up. I usually pee, wash out my mouth guard. Uh, If I hear screaming, I'll just go right in there and get whoever's (laughs) screaming so I can stop listening to screaming. And then I make a little breakfast. Um... And sometimes we'll do like a little morning, uh, if I remember, we'll do a little morning prayer and then we'll say, I mean, then I'll put on a yoga video and we'll do some stretches and then start playing, play hard over here. Cute. I love that. Yeah. It's all right. I remember loving, I remember loving exercising as a kid, almost like it was a game. Lindsay and Lincoln, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember we used to get this Barbie workout video from the library. I remember. And Jamie and Megan and I would put on our leotards and we would just like stretch and move with Barbie. (laughs) I remember that too. Animated Barbie. I remember very intensely not liking exercise as a kid. (laughs) I I mean, I liked playing tag uh, with my friend Robbie. He was one of my best friends growing up. Um, I remember Robbie. And when we did that, that was a lot of fun. But just at like gym or running laps around the track, I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, 
I think when I started to like hit puberty and not be able to, I realized that I wasn't the best at it. I was like, well, this stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always wanted to be able to run faster than I could. Mm-hmm. Also, we all played church ball, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not enjoy church ball. Oh man, I actually did a lot. I liked it. I liked it too. <laughs> I don't know why. It actually really oh. pissed me off when the girls' games would start and the whole gym would clear out. <laughs> Everybody would leave to go get snacks or just leave to go home. Oh, no, no, no. I'd be like, it's about to go down. Where are the going? <laughs> It was just like preparing you for what real life is like. Yeah, really. <laughs> and I'm still mad. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Anyway, I guess let's get started on the uh, the heart of the episode. Um, my boyfriend Matt said that his advice to us in starting this podcast was instead of just having unstructured chat, to have a theme for each episode. So. In taking his advice and trying to iterate to get better or to make this more fun, we thought we'd have a theme for this episode. And I picked the optimistic and uplifting theme of shame. Oh, brother. (laughs) Great. This is going to be, this is going to hurt me. Uh, (laughs) I just thought it would be interesting to talk about what shames us and why. I'm not so much interested in why and what it is that shames us individually as I'm interested in why we feel that way since I think it speaks to like our shared background and our personalities and like gives insight into what we feel and what we value yeah man all right so I can start I mean I feel shame about a lot of things but um in my life I felt intense shame about money Mm. Uh. Like oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was probably the first shame we all felt. Well, one of the first. Yeah, I think like shame not as a child, like that knowing our family didn't have any money. That was one shame. Like I have this distinct memory of of getting a field trip paper at school where we were going somewhere and it was going to cost fifteen dollars. And, like, not wanting to bring it home because I knew we didn't have $15 for me to go on a field trip. Mm. And I know mom and dad never wanted us to feel that way. I'm sure it would probably shame them knowing that I felt that. But I just had this, like, awareness as a child that it wasn't a good idea to be asking for money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I had similar experiences for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I, I can't think of a specific... Well, yeah, I definitely, I think they weren't, they didn't really seem to, like, make too much of an effort to hide the fact that we didn't have that much. (laughs) (laughs) No. I'm like, they could have had more private convos. But I guess, I mean, you know, it didn't take, we weren't dumb. Pretty easy to see. I don't Uh, know if this is true for y'all, but I feel like I have I don't know I developed some protective instincts towards like saving money even when I was living at home because I remember like as a kid uh, I used to whenever I would earn money um, maybe from like doing chores or helping with lawns I would like have to hide it because I remembered uh, if I didn't hide it dad would come in my room and just take it yeah (laughs) i was like in my room one day and he walked in and like started rifling through stuff on top of my dresser yeah what are you doing he's like i need some money i was like like, what is this but i wasn't gonna say anything to him i was like all right (laughs) i get that i felt like i was hoarding money too but not in such an obvious way, like trying to protect dad from stealing it. I just was like so interested. I remember mom and dad had that like little tin of quarters in like the dresser in their bedroom. And I remember that I would steal <laughs> of quarters from them. And I don't know, I don't know what I did with it, what I ever used it for. But I just remember being like, I need these quarters. I think I took money from in there too. That's hilarious. 
it just seemed like so much. He was like, I can spare a few of these. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it felt like a treasure chest of quarters. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I think I think well, definitely in comparison to like other kids. Um, I, I felt it. I don't it's it's hard to remember you know there's like all this stuff that you, you felt like deep emotional like weight when you're younger and now it's like man I'm sure that was an issue but one thing I do remember is like you know how they had those scholastic book catalogs or whatever oh yeah and they would send you home with the catalog and I like never asked to get a book because I was like well we're not you know we're not going to get a new book and so, and then they would have the order day where the order would come in and they would call the kids' names to come get your book. And I, and mom had ordered one without telling me. And it was like this Laura Ingalls Wilder picture book. And they said my name and I almost cried. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes me want to cry. <laughs> Don't cry. But it was nice. I'm not gonna cry. I get it though. It's just like everything was precious mm-hmm. because we could appreciate it when you didn't have it. I almost feel like I have the opposite shame now because I make good money. Like, I mean, last episode, I was like ashamed to tell people that, like, I'm a director at a prominent law firm, and I think that's both like a money shame and a gendered shame mm-hmm. of like having a job that I have 10 years too early, you know, earlier than I should have it. And also shame at, at making a lot of money at a time where people don't have very much money. And also I have this weird shame that I wish I didn't. That's like, I make more money than my partner. <laughs> and it's like hard to negotiate that. I mean, it's not hard. It's It's not weird for Matt, but it's weird for me. And Matt thinks I'm very weird about money because I talk about it all the time, (laughs) but I'm not comfortable with it. I feel a little bit of that as well. Because, like, you don't want to forget what it felt like being poor and you don't want to. I mean. Yeah, you come from a homemade ranch dressing family. We do come from a homemade (laughs) ranch dressing family. Better not forget. We were shaking that. And it's damn good, too. It was better. It was, but I'm not saying anything against it. I'm but, just reminding you. <laughs> I mean, I work in tech in San Francisco, and like whenever I go out with friends and someone will ask me what I do for work, I don't like saying tech because if you're a native to San Francisco, they fucking hate techies. Well, yeah. <laughs> Are they all because they're all like snooty and bougie or whatever? Because they're gentrifying. Um, they're a lot of there are a lot of tech oh, sure, pros sure, and sure. San Francisco has become very gentrified. Right. Um, so there are a lot of issues there. But I understand what yeah. you're saying, Coco. Probably, I mean, it's probably just it's probably just hard to see yourself in the position of in the position that you are now after coming from where you came from. Well, I'm intensely proud, too. Like, I'm very proud of how hard I worked and how hard I fought to get here, you know, and and all I learned and proud of the ability I have to be able to advocate for my people and my teams who work under me. I'm incredibly proud and protective of that. But at the same time, I feel... I do have the shame of like being a fraud and feeling like I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just figuring it out and my confidence can only go so far. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah, even the fact that you were just like, yeah, a job I shouldn't have. It's like, what does that mean? You know, obviously if you have it, you should have it. But yeah, I guess it's a process to kind of get your headspace to a place where you're like, yeah, I own this. Like, I claim this. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a negotiation. Yeah. I like. I mean, I like it. I think I'm good at my job, but I, it's also uncommon. I just mean that, like, none of my peers are my same age. Yeah. It's, it is a job that I got early that surprised me that I got it, but I reached for it anyway. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm great. proud of you, Coco. I'm proud too. 
Me too. I want to shout it from the rooftops. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's great. My other, I feel like one of my other big shames is that is my failures or like when I do things that I know I shouldn't be doing, but I do them anyway, like with related to money, like how I have credit card debt. Like I know I shouldn't have credit card debt, but I still do. And <laughs> I'm still like digging my way out of it. That's an intense shame for me. That seems so common though. It's interesting though, that it's kind of money related. I mean, both of your big two that you just mentioned. I was thinking that I, I don't know why I just didn't think about you being preoccupied with money until post your divorce, which made it more of an issue. But I guess it's kind of maybe it's always been more of a thing. I think it's actually deeply tied to that, because for me, being having my own money mm-hmm. allowed mm-hmm. for me, like it allowed me to be independent. So for me, like being able to make your own money as a woman is an act of feminism. It protects you. It's like a power. Like the only reason I could end my marriage and ask for Quinn to move out is because I could pay our rent. Yeah, that's real. So I feel like I'm obsessed with money because I'm obsessed with my own freedom and my ability to make my own choices. Well, I love that. (laughs) That's that's huge. I would like to get to a place where I could be like, yeah, William, get out. (laughs) No, but like, you know, just to, I mean, because obviously it just sounds empowering, you know, either way. No matter what happens, it sounds, it sounds like the way it should be anyway, you know? Yeah. It's just kind of like society has set you up to be, or at least I don't, don't want to speak for everyone, but kind of set, I feel slightly set up to be dependent. Just, I mean, I obviously chose where I am, but yeah. Well, not to neg- not to negate where you are. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something really beautiful about being in a loving partnership where it's like your money together and you've made the choice that one of you will work and one of you will raise your kids. So they have that connection and it's a privilege to be able to do that, to live in a one partner. Right. I do feel working. Yeah, home. it is a different, I mean, a different scenario. I guess I just mean it would be nice to like uh have it all you know yeah Yeah, i get it (laughs) but i get it um who else has shame i mean i feel like uh you know out of college i went home and then I temped for a while and then I came out here and started nannying and did that like longer than I thought I would so I think my money feelings of shame are still more to tied to like you know having not having achieved or I don't know feeling like money is a uh, a metric of success and that I haven't achieved what I thought I would but also I don't really on principle believe that having more money makes you more successful it's just hard to untangle those threads sometimes so totally. and now I make better money obviously <laughs> but still not like you know not really anything to brag about but you know fine money but I still sort of feel like you know, I have student loan debts, I have some credit card debts, and I don't feel that I have a great uh, understanding of, you know, how to handle money. And part of that, I think the shame comes in, uh, in terms of like, it makes me not want to learn more, because <laughs> I feel anxiety about it, you know. Oh, shoot. Well, I can help you with money, Lindsay. Even though I have credit card debt, I do know what to do. I just, I'm still working yeah. on enacting it. Yeah, I can definitely relate to, like, the shame of feeling like you're not 
uh, in the place where you had hoped to be, you know, falling short of your ambition, I guess. Yeah, it's not that I feel, you know, extreme dissatisfaction with where I am right now. It's more, I did feel having gone to, uh, I went to Stanford and I feel like it kind of became a, a thing with, <laughs> it became sort of like, and Lindsay's going to Stanford and she'll be the hope of the family. And then right yeah. after I didn't do that, it kind of became like, uh, well, I guess Lincoln's hope of the family. You know, it was well, else. the title <laughs> hope of the family is a little problematic. Right. That is exactly. Problematic. Well, I, I really didn't like sort of taking on that mantle unintentionally and then feeling like, uh, you know, that I didn't live up to to those expectations yeah, that's heavy. even if they weren't what I wanted for myself that has felt a little bit like mm, not the best but I'm yeah. also fine so you know it's just about sort of reframing ideas of what is success and what is uh, what I feel comfortable with you know in the moment yeah that's a good that's a good way to look at it, I think. I mean, I think money is a really false and hollow success. Right. And that's another thing, like having having been at Stanford with a lot of people who came from <coughs> me, uh, it kind of became less of a goal for me, I think. Not that I don't want to earn anything. You know, not that I want to make nothing but I think uh it just became clear that having money doesn't always make you the happiest yeah (laughs) I would rather focus on other areas you need to get to a point where you can like live comfortably I feel like and not have to worry about trying to make rent Um, yeah right once you get to that point then more money won't make you too much happier sure yeah it's very true I mean, the only thing that I like about making better money these days is that I'm able to help more people, you know, to help our family yeah. when we mm-hmm. need it. But I will say it's a fucking <laughs> heavy load. It's like a Sisyphean yeah. task where I feel the pressure of taking yeah. care of the world, you know, like I'm the money, like I'm the bank of Toyavel whenever anyone needs it. And not just bank of Toyavel, like just helping others in my life as well when they need it and it is I'm I'm grateful that I'm able to do it I feel like the Mormon charity in me is like of course anything you need but at the same time it is a yeah heavy, heavy load that's a lot yeah well I mean let alone just with you know like our family and thinking about how you could help each of us but yeah thinking about I mean the world's on fire so you're yeah. like how could I potentially put this money to good use i like to make a lot of jokes because william's salary will obviously increase after his residency and i'm like i'm gonna get a swimming pool (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah i definitely have been simultaneously like excited about the prospect of potentially helping our parents and whoever else that might be in need but then yeah i also do feel like a responsibility to uh use that money well it's like a hard and a sweet mm-hmm. weight. Like I'm glad that I have the means to even be able to offer when they need it or in an emergency, but it's like it's like having tears of blood. <laughs> it's really hard because you can't help them with every single thing. And our dad regularly texts our entire family about <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I about damn it, the car has broken again, and it was seven thousand dollars, and the got another speeding ticket. Oh yeah, jeez. Yeah. Who put I don't think I really ever have a conversation. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Your impression's getting better. Did I ever tell you about the one time I was riding in the car with dad? This is irrelevant. But um, I was riding in the car with dad one time and an ambulance came up behind us really fast. And he had to pull off into the, like, 
onto the grass to get out of the way for the ambulance to go by. And he's like, oh, 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 why is it got to be so loud? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, but anyway, it was funny. I love it. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to bear us. I don't remember what we were talking about. No, it's fine. I actually feel like I'm deeply like dad. I think I'm actually one of the most like dad, even though everyone assumes Lincoln is the most like I don't dad. I think I'm the most like dad. Why do you say that? Just because I constantly, it's like every time I'm with dad, I'll notice some behavior of his and I see like it in myself. Like one time I was at home and dad's opening the drawer in the kitchen, looking at the silverware, and he says, I love forks. And I was like, oh my God. I can't get that's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Me either. Yeah, that's pretty odd. What did you think? I don't know. I thought said. you were going to say something like, dad's very, you know, has a, a real interior world, and I feel like I have that too, or something. Yeah. Not that he loves forks. (laughs) No, I just mean it's like that just like childlike expression where it's just like outside of your, you're not thinking it in your head. It's just coming out of your mouth. That's exactly how I interact with the world. Yeah. You get that from both sides. Mom's mom and dad. Does anybody have a filter? Now that I'm thinking about it. Mom, dad, grandma. grandma definitely did not yeah. have a filter. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I, the ways that I think I'm like dad are um, when I'm with dad, I'm like, man, he can't hear how negative he's being. And then I'll be at home by myself and I'm like, you idiot. Why are you? <laughs> and I'm like, man, wow. When I pay attention, I'm like, dang. That's a good point. Yeah, I feel like it's really easy to be hard on yourself, and we um, sort of prone to it. Yeah, we excel. Oh yeah, I'm trying to be better. I think I've improved in the last year. Just being more mindful about it. I think I'm very generous with myself, but I still feel shame about things. Does anyone else feel shame about leaving the Mormon church? I mean, I'm glad I did it, but I just feel so much shame at hurting our. Um, Yeah. Um. Well, Lincoln, you, you sure. talk about it. Um, I mean, I'm happy that I am not currently a member, but like when I was living at home and there was friction between me and mom and dad because they wanted me to go and I didn't want to go, that was hard. I didn't like mom, making mom cry a couple times. Mm, but yeah, once yeah. I moved out, our relationship got a lot better. I think I felt shame about not telling them. And even when I went home after they found out that I had stopped going, because I stopped going like sophomore, junior year of Stanford. And then I moved home afterward. And that was also kind of a stressful. Mm. I don't know if everybody knows that, but my graduation was like very stressful. And I hadn't really talked to mom and dad for like three months before they came. And then they came and we had like, uh, Lincoln, do you remember this? No, I was there for your graduation. I remember the story no, that's what afterward. I'm I remember mom. Not yeah. Well, Lincoln well. and Megan were there. And after graduation, everybody went with their families to like the fancy restaurants that they were going to go to. And we went to, they were like, Uncle Joe is taking us to Golden Corral. Which, which I, you know what? Nothing on Golden Corral. Like I love Golden Corral, but it was just funny because everyone else was going to like, you know, a fancy Italian restaurant, and we walked into Golden Corral, and I had like pizza and orange chicken and soft serve, which actually is appropriate. And it was great. And then afterward, I had to go back and pack up my room because we had to be out the next day. So uh, I told mom and she was like, okay, everybody, let's pile in the car and take Lindsay back to campus. We got in the car and mom and dad were in the front. And then I was in the middle in my cap and gown and Lincoln and Megan were on either side of me. And Lincoln was taking a Shakespeare class at the time. 
and so he started like do you remember this lincoln you were like i remember reciting some sonnet or something you were reciting something and we were like cool and then that immediately turned into reciting like articles of faith (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) and then it kind of got quiet after that and mom went so Lindsay, uh where are you with with the church (laughs) and then i felt lincoln and megan's heads immediately like turn right out the window (laughs) and i was like i'm alone in the back seat (laughs) you got this girl it was awful and then it was so bad and then we got to campus after like a very tense couple of minutes where i was like uh i don't i don't know and then we got back to campus and i Mom and dad knew that I was going to go stay with Sophie for the summer because I didn't know what I wanted to do and I didn't want to go home because of the tension over not going to church anymore. And I got out of the car and mom gave me a hug and she was like, I just have, call it mother's intuition, but I just feel like something bad is going to happen to you in Arizona (laughs) over the summer. And then dad like took me by the shoulders pretty roughly and was like, we just want what did he say? Something like, we just want, want, want you to be happy. And I was like, uh. Oh, wow. He had this to know isn't... he took you by the shoulders, too. Yeah. Tense. It was pretty tense. And then I went back into my room and I cried harder than I ever had oh. in my life. Let's see. And then <laughs> when I came home, you know, later, I think that was in November, I came home. Uh, and it was it was awkward because they knew that I had not been going to church, but they still expected me to go to church. And I wasn't, I wish that I had been like Lincoln and just said, I don't want to do this. But instead I pretended like I went with them for a while to the family ward. And then after that, I found out that the singles ward started at the same time as the family ward. And I was like, I'm just going to start going to the singles ward. And so they would get up, and like get ready for church and I'd be like, all right, I'm I'm leaving. And I would put on a dress. And then sometimes, sometimes I would go and I would sit in the singles ward for like the first hour and then I would leave. But more often I would just get dressed and then go have coffee with my friend <laughs> or do something <laughs> else and just pretend that I had gone. I remember this period too, because um, at that point, both of us, didn't want to go to church so uh i was working at a warehouse like down the road so when i didn't want to go to church i would say that i had to work that morning and then i would leave for work and then wait for mom and dad to leave the house and i just come back (laughs) yeah yeah we were both (laughs) we were just lying yeah you bad it was just mind-boggling to me that i mean i guess it's not i'm I can't say anything, but man, these people, we all just want to make them happy. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh, y'all are bending over. It's not even that, like, I hated church. I just, the, I didn't like our ward. I really, really didn't like our ward. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are some, there are some characters, some tough characters. Yeah, there were a lot of, like, blatant homophobes. I didn't like going to Who church. Who said something was... to you? Uh, well, no. Wow. I remember we had this. Um... Uh, I remember we had this uh, lesson about. Um... I don't know. It touched on homosexuality, and someone said that like, gay people were calling themselves families, and then one person said, "If you're gay, what family?" Was, was like, it dad? Oh. It was not dad. <laughs> I think it was like I don't remember his name. But he said that and I was like, I can't wait till this shit is over and I can go home yeah. and watch TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. I will say re- our parents obviously grew up in a homophobic culture and were homophobic related to being Mormon and that's what they were taught. But I will say when Megan was coming out as bi long before they have accepted they accepted it. it? Yeah, I don't I, I don't don't know that one totally... I'm pretty sure they no, ignore it. I don't, I'm, yeah. I, yeah, they ignore it. But when you know when right. Megan was expressing herself, Megan is our sister. She's number five. 
I felt like one of the sweetest things I had ever seen in our family was how dad was like, I'm leaving the Mormon church. If Megan can't be with us Did in he heaven, it's not worth it. I thought that I was one of the Interesting. Yes. I do not I thought... remember that either. I thought that was one of the sweetest things I had ever seen because it was like, he obviously dad's whole life is the Mormon church, but he loves our family more. And then for those who who are wondering why it turned out, why it turned out, mom said, you're being ridiculous. <laughs> I know my daughter. <laughs> She's not gay. Come back to church. We're living Jeez. our life like we're living hey, it. Wow. Yeah, when I stopped going, they dad sent me a text that was like, is this because you and your roommate Sophie are lesbians with each other? No way. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. Actually, he was being, it was pretty gently stated. He was like, we would still love you, but is it because you're lesbians with each other? And I was like, mm, I feel that's, like that's nice. <laughs> Didn't, isn't that why he thought Sarah's first marriage ended? Yes. He's like, is it because you're a lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what, what could why be wrong in any of our lives. Well, that's why they thought I got divorced from Quinn. They were like, he's gay. He's Isn't he gay? Did you, did you, did you, did find, you out? find out? I, like, I don't know. Lindsay, um, are you not married yet because you're a lesbian? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they thought that. Man. I think we all should just claim to be lesbians. Yeah. Put their minds what? at ease. Yeah. It sounds like. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I knew it. Every single one of us <laughs> and everyone we've ever met is also a lesbian. Yeah, that's funny. I did not realize Dad had said that about Megan. That's very nice. Um, whatever. Four years later, or whenever he said that. Nice to hear that. Yeah, I thought his like. His turmoil of faith over that, I think, was one of the sweetest acts of love, you know, as a parent that I've seen. It was blowing my mind. I was like, this is yeah. unreal. But it was It doesn't it was sound lovely. real, but it, yeah. it, I'll take it your doesn't word sound it. like him. <laughs> I'll be real. Well, that's nice. No, I don't know. Dad surprises me sometimes, so. Yeah. Yeah. But he, I just know he has said, like, when I was living at home... I think it was like Utah, the state of Utah legalized gay marriage. And I got into a little inadvise. It's like one of the only times I allowed myself to get into a a debate with him. And it ruined dinner. <laughs> what happened? Uh, I mean, you know... Yeah, he was like, you, you know what happened? I mean, yeah, he went, I, I, happened. I tried to talk, and then he was like, he, "What are you talking about?" He started yelling. Yeah. yeah, he started yelling, and then I had like a Pavlov's dog response. It was like being a little kid again. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't. I just felt choked up, and then I had to leave the room. <laughs> oh man, it was good. Yeah, nothing in the world can make me go <gasps> like Dad's voice. Yeah. It's like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. It takes me right back to when you <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. like, stop crying. I had to catch myself a couple times because Lomi has, like, been losing it over something small. And I'll be like, you don't need to cry. Stop crying. Stop crying. And then I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you can cry if you want. <laughs> Feel it's your okay feelings. to cry. That's fine. <laughs> a little quieter but hurry it up yeah <laughs> it is when you be on the parent side of it, it's like but this is unreasonable but feel your feelings but okay <laughs> no it's mm-hmm. nice having that perspective yeah. okay. well anyway before we end this has been kind of deep talking about shame I thought it might be nice if we now talk about the opposite for a few minutes. So if that was like the dark heart of things, talking about shame, we could spend a few minutes talking about the light heart of things, the opposite of shame. shame. Love or pride? Uh, The opposite of shame. The opposite of shame is free freedom. Or what would you say? Some of you wordsmiths. (laughs) 
Yeah, what's the opposite of shame? Maybe like approval or respect. Confidence, sure. Or pride. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Cogs are turning. Is there something that makes us feel proud? Yeah, what are you proud of instead of ashamed of? I'm proud that we're Samoan. Yeah. I am too, even though I'm the whitest <laughs> Samoan who ever lived who knows nothing yeah, about that's the culture. Yeah, that's something I was cute. Something I felt shame about. <laughs> Not knowing the culture. <laughs> <laughs> but still proud. Yeah. But what are we talking about? But I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I I feel that. Um Yeah. I like that you've uh you know, you've taken it upon yourself, Lincoln, to like learn guitar and I like that the music side of it is really, I think that's something you can be proud of, buying that guitar. Yeah, I like learning hobbies. Your uke skill. Yeah. Lincoln. Lincoln, I thought since Lindsay wanted us to have a theme song, I thought you should create a theme song for our podcast. And it could be really bad. Oh, nice. It's going to be two chords. Back and forth between two chords. That's a great idea. Send it to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll cook something up for next time. Mm. I dig it. Um, yeah, I guess <clears throat> like some things that I felt shame about that I remember when I was younger was that I was I felt shame about being shy and like nervous and anxious around people. Um. And about being too quiet in situations, I felt like I should be more outgoing. And I, yeah, like I know. And I think yourself, I though. feel proud that I don't really feel that anymore. I feel like more comfortable being, you know, loud or quieter if I'm in the mood, or you know, just. Just acting out however I feel instead of, um, you know, feeling pressure to like perform or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's just knowing yourself better. I feel much more confident in who I am in my 30s mm-hmm. than I was in my 20s. Although my 30s body makes me crazy because I'm like tired and I feel old and I can't do the things I used to do. I do feel more confident in knowing who I am. Yeah, I guess that's just uh, part of the journey. I feel like I'm getting there. That's just a small thing. I feel decently confident in myself right now, but excited to get into my 30s and have it solidify. Um... Enjoy yeah, your 20s. Yeah, be young Enjoy and your dumb. 20s. Young and dumb. <laughs> I wish I could be young and dumb. Young. <laughs> you gotta be young and brilliant. Gotta be young and hardworking. Lincoln, you have... Lincoln, you Thanks. have always had a very old that. soul. I remember yeah. years ago... Years ago at Christmas, you were... I remember being home with like your dating profile and it was just so like vulnerable and wrong. You were 19 and you were like, I just want to get a hard, good job and work hard. I don't recall Maybe you? I don't and I was like, no, wrong, that, wrong, That sounds wrong. like a really That's weird dream that you had. Really so funny. <laughs> You're so sensitive. I was like, you gotta, that's so wrong, you, you gotta have the mystery. <laughs> you gotta act like the bad boy, but take care of like me and maybe boy. you. Well, I, oh, on boy. The topic of shame, I feel the same right now. <laughs> <laughs> Deep shame. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even mention our aim screen names and stuff like oh, that. Oh, boy. I had a great one. <laughs> yeah, or my did. first email was really good. 
<laughs> I, I told you this story yeah <laughs> yeah my first email i thought well i should probably start with my initials lct but then what else about me it should be about me <laughs> what do i like i like to have a good time lct good time girl <laughs> age 10 yeah. <laughs> and did you guys watch um oh my gosh my brain is gonna blank on the name of the tv show Pen 15. Yes. Pen 15 where the girls are coming up with the yeah. <laughs> And she wants to be Viper 911. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Viper was taken. So why did she choose Duck? <laughs> so then she's she was like, well, it was a suggested, you know, they, they oh, gave yeah. suggested alternatives. And she's like, oh, Viper with a D. <laughs> <laughs> Diaper 911. Oh. It's good diaper anyway. emergency think about it <laughs> I feel like I've really veered us a couple times <laughs> from topic but... that's okay no that's that's okay that's just for fun. Matter. This and if just Matt has a problem part. with it you <laughs> <laughs> can write in himself yeah. all his grievances <laughs> he doesn't have a problem that's with fine. it he's just <laughs> not going to He's like, babe, I love you. I want to be supportive, but I wouldn't listen to my best friends talking aimlessly. That's real, Reb. At least he's honest about it. Um, did everybody say something, Lindsay? What are you proud of? Um, what am I proud of? Um, I guess I don't know what what we're talking about. Proud of in terms of what? In terms of anything, just the uh, we talked about shame. Now we're talking about the opposite, pride. Anything in your uh, life? You yeah, proud sure. Of? I'm proud of. Uh, I'm proud of um, being willing to like do things like art, even when I don't feel like I'm the best at them. I think I've I've always been like, if I'm not the best at it, then I don't want to try. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but uh yeah i've been enjoying doing more trying more things even when i'm not the best at them yeah that's huge that's great that takes mental fortitude yeah too. it's hard to do things yeah. you suck at i just read something recently i don't remember where but it was like a quote on instagram uh from some book Sorry, this is a terrible. <laughs> I'm like, I have a terrible memory, and but uh, the quote was essentially like, uh, uh, "People that grow up feeling like a pressure to people that have been told basically that they're like special and and like geniuses from like a young age are like less willing to try stuff because they." don't want to fail and so then it ends up tripping them up later on in life because they're like well i don't want to try anything if i'm not going to be special you know oh yeah well that's something when i was doing uh when i was nannying and also before that in college i did like a like a children's theater group where we went and worked with with kids and one of the things that i think was really valuable to learn was like not to give children affirmation in terms of like how good their work is but how like instead of saying oh beautiful like that painting is so beautiful Mm -hmm. you should say like oh i can see you worked really hard or something to that effect as opposed to you know instilling that they're inherently very good at what they do it should be about working hard working hard or like you know i can see that you observing something specific rather than giving broad affirmations right yeah yeah i feel like it really hit home i never thought of that dang that that feels relevant um it also feels kind of backhanded (laughs) oh yeah usually like a four-year-old wouldn't hear it in that tone but 
Maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, the four-year-old's gonna be like, "What a bitch." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, like, cheers, cheers to that effort. I mean, we should be like celebrating every time we try and yeah, fail. Failure is the only way we grow. Yeah. You know, the people who are good at anything failed dozens of times before they got there. Cheers. So, Raise it up. Cheers to failure. It down. <laughs> Raise it up. Drink it down. <laughs> cheers to I you. Guess yeah, cheers, cheers, to cheers to you and your failures. You know, cheers That's to right. your Thanks for having me on. Cheers to your failures. Of course. Well, I love all of you. And, love uh, you too. Love you. To love you. Bye. Bye. Okay. See you later. Hey, Courtney here. When I was using Headspace this morning, I saw that if you are unemployed, they are offering a year free of Headspace to anyone who might need it. If you are listening to this and unemployed and you'd like to try Headspace, check it out. If you can't find information, email us and we'll forward you an invitation. Contact us at badfamilypodcast at gmail.com. If you have questions, if you want to hear us talk about anything particular in a future episode, get in touch, badfamilypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.